I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. All right. Welcome to another episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. Hey guys, Johan over here. Oh shit, Johan's back. <laughs> Fucking Johan, it's been a while since we heard from Johan. It's Johan. I can't remember, did we decide on where Johan is from? Is he from the Great White North? Yeah, like Russia or maybe Canada, but it's north. Okay. All right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Norway. I'm thinking further north. Mm. Like hard ah, north, the, the deep hard north. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but Johan sounds like I picture him like up there wearing furs. You know. Oh, absolutely. But maybe he's Dutch. He's probably Dutch. Although the voice know. he do, I don't know if that sounds. Dutch. <laughs> I don't know what to Johan. say right now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're back. We're back doing a fucking episode. This is episode forty-nine. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah hopefully it's it's been a while and I, i'm not sure i'm trying to remember it's been it's been a little a minute but i i recall something about bally's fitness bally's total fitness and me not actually working there um <laughs> at least <laughs> somehow you got a, found its way on the list you got a lift in though that's what's important i got a nice pump one one nice long pump <laughs> <laughs> I I think if I lived nine miles and I didn't have a car or access to a car, I would never go again either. Nine miles yeah. one way, if I'm remembering correctly. You are remembering correctly. With no good sidewalks. <laughs> I would have been walking on the side of the fucking freeway. <laughs> like a monumental asshole. Have you ever done that? Have you ever like walked along the side of the freeway? Freeway? No. I mean, you know how it is uh, in, like, Wheeling and the Northwest Burbs. Like, sometimes there's lack of a sidewalk, so I've, like, done that whole thing, but not next to anything, yeah. like... Yeah, I An wasn't, I wasn't carrying a, a bindle with me, you know? <laughs> I feel, feel like if I'm walking along the freeway, I have my stick and my bindle. Like a hobo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking for the train tracks? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely remember walking home. It, it, it's going to be a future job, and maybe I'll remember when we get there. But I remember taking a different route to walk home from a job I had in Georgia once and being like, well, it was one of those situations where the freeway was like you could get on the freeway if you were in a car and it was like one exit down and then get off the freeway and walking home the like the, the side street way you had to walk all around to get there it was like a crazy longer and so one day I was like you know fuck it I wonder if I just walk along the edge of the freeway if I can you know get home in half the time or a quarter of the time and like I could I, I was successful in that but it was so uncomfortable to walk next to those fucking cars going that fast and it was all loud and shit yeah. and I was walking in like the tall grass because I didn't want to walk on the shoulder in case somebody fucking was going to swipe me right anyway <laughs> Don't walk along the side of the freeway. So, uh, yeah, episode 49. Uh, we're going to talk about the ESPN X Games skate park, which was, uh, yeah, I don't think those were a thing anymore. 
but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, uh, you want to do the fucking occupational breakdown? Let's break it down. So, uh, as I said, ESPN X Games Skate Park. I don't remember like the the sign. If I know it said ESPN, but it was less dramatic, I think, than the X on the outside of the building. When I've looked up like signage and shit, trying to find evidence of this place existing on the internet, ESPN seems to be more featured than I remember. I just remember thinking of it like as an X Games skate park, but it was definitely ESPN branded, like uh, a big and this big was white my X. Yeah, a big fucking white X. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. That sounds like <laughs> kind of menacing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was my forty seventh job. My position held, I don't remember my title, but park attendant sounds right, I guess. Jack of all trades um, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, it's a real specific thing, but I, I'll when we get to the, what I actually did, it'll make more sense. Um, my wage earned was $7 an hour flat, which, you know, I feel like Bally's was a commission thing, so I, I don't think it was an upgrade or a downgrade, really. Probably an upgrade, just because as a commission, I wouldn't make anything because I would be a terrible salesperson. But uh, And I was employed there for just over two weeks. So I actually have the date ranges written here in my notes. November 7th through the 23rd is <laughs> when I <laughs> when I worked there. Of 2001, if you want to go back and check your fucking watches. How old were you in 2001? 2001, I was probably... November of 2001, I was 15? 15? 15, right on. Because you were around 25, right? Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. And we're, you know. Fuck. <laughs> 10 minutes and months apart. Or 10, 10 minutes, 10, 10 years. 10 apart. minutes. I'm, I'm glad we're not 10 minutes. I like our 10-year gap. It's a nice round number. Ten minutes, I guess, would be two in a way, because we'd be the same fucking age. <laughs> but whatever, that's your occupational breakdown. <sighs> occupational breakdown. So, uh, yeah, as I said before, I was working at uh, Bally's Total Fitness. Not actually working there, but I had accepted a job there, uh, lifted weights for free one time, and decided never to go back because it was too far. Um, also, let's just be honest. I, any job I take where I'm going to make commission, I'm not going to last very long. That's just a given. And this, I, is, this is the first one and last one? I don't think it... I don't know. Let's fucking take a glance real quick. I'm curious. Let's look back real fast. It'll be faster for the audience than for us, because I'll edit out all of the time it's going to take me to pull the list up and shit. Sure. Could you imagine sarging clients? You'd be sarging at, clients at Bally's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, hey. I would imagine, like, <laughs> I would imagine if you're, like, an in-shape, like, personal trainer guy at Bally's, you're probably fucking a, a, a half of your clients, maybe? Depend. I mean, I guess like it depends on how smooth you are. But no, I was gonna say I think um, Jenny Craig was probably commissioned to some degree. But again, I only worked there for like uh, uh, one one shift, so I never saw the the fruits of my labor there. <laughs> um, all, also, to your sergeant comment, when when you started talking about sergeant, I was looking at Jenny Craig and I was like, can you imagine sergeant clients at Jenny Craig? 
that, that would be fucking amazing. Throwing out hard necks in every direction. <laughs> like, like while they're weighing in, like, ah, you could have done better than that. <laughs> uh, I think there's a chance Z Gallery had some sort of commission structure to it. Ashley Avery's actually, the whole job was kind of commission, right? Like we talked about my my pay there and how it was like one week one pay period was 12 bucks an hour and the next pay period was like nine bucks an hour yeah, i think true. you know i think that probably counts as commission if my paychecks were severely impacted by how little money the store made during that pay time um yeah i think that's probably the only ones so far it at a glance forward i don't um and nothing else that was based solely on commission, because Bally's would have no. been, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, <laughs> nothing else. Nothing like that behind us or in front of us. And I All think right. this might actually, I think Bally's might actually have been the last, like, even remotely commission-based job I would take. I think I learned my fucking lesson. I was like, this is just stupid. What am I doing? Why am I wasting my fucking time? Why am I wasting everybody's time? Uh <laughs> Much like this podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a new mall not too far from where I was living in Georgia, uh, in Duluth, Georgia at the time. The new mall was called Discover Mills. It was about to open. And uh, I applied at a bunch of places in there. But the one I was most interested in was definitely the skate park. At this point, I was skating again, like pretty actively. But yeah, I, I for some reason I expected you to like laugh at the name Discover Mills. I don't know why why I thought you would think that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. It was uh one of those like branded things where the Discover card, like the credit card. Oh sure. That they somehow were related to you know, they were basically sponsoring this fucking mall, so they had their name you know, like the fucking sports uh venues that have names like Staples Center and shit like that so yeah. I, it, it was it's actually not called discover mills anymore but I'll, I'll tell you about that later um first i want to talk about skating so you, you know that i skated in my in my youth um i can't i know we've talked about it but i don't know how much of an emphasis i've put on the fact that i was like a skater that was one that was like part of my identity probably from the time i was 10 9 or 10 until probably I was around 18 and then I picked it back up again in my early 20s for like three years and then I I put the board down probably for the last time when I was like maybe 24 25 Got um maybe 26 but not too long before we met I I put it down I didn't pick it back up. honestly I got too fat to skate <laughs> <laughs> let's, be, let's just be very honest. I got fat enough that it was like really going to put me in danger if I, you know, went out and tried to skate. So, and I haven't been skinny since then. So, do you still have a board? I don't anymore. I, yeah. I thought about it the other day. I was like, do I still have one in storage? But I'm pretty sure that. So, my stepson went through like a skating phase, and I'm pretty sure I gave him my board when he first was starting just to like use. And then eventually, when he stuck with it long enough, we bought him his own. And then at that point, I think. Mine just went away. Yeah. But I would say it's been, at this point, probably close to 18 years or 19 years since I stood on a skateboard. Um, I know, obviously, because of your weight, you'd be uncomfortable. But do you think it would even come back to you a little bit? 
Or would that just be fucking awkward? I think if I got on a skateboard right now, it would feel ridiculous. Yeah. But I think if I if I lost, you know, 80 pounds and then <laughs> yeah. got on a skateboard, I probably would take me a week before I felt somewhat comfortable on it. I don't picture myself like doing kickflips and shit, but, you Cruising. know, like I, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things like probably once you can do it, it it's always, it's always there underneath somewhere. So, yeah, I think probably, and I've thought about it. I'm like, if I lost weight, is that something I would consider bringing back into my life? And, like, maybe, but I don't know, man. There's only so many hours in the day, and I've, you know, I've I've managed the last 20-ish years without without it. So, obviously, I don't need it. Which, again, makes me wonder, like, how much did I actually like it if it was that easy to kind of never do again i tammy and i started watching the new tony hawk documentary last night what is uh, that streaming on halfway it's an hbo documentary mm. yeah but yeah we were about halfway through it before it became it became time for bed we're, we'll finish it tonight but it was like really bringing back memories because for me you know i'm i was born in 76 so like 85 86 is when i started skating um and at that point is when like tony hawk was becoming like well well known to skaters and yeah i lived in southern california at that point too so like i saw skate competitions and you know was very aware of all that and then when i moved to illinois it was right i moved to chicago in 88 and then within like three years of that skateboarding basically died um you know it's cyclical it gets popular for couple years and it becomes unpopular for a couple years so it did that but i kept skating like and i kind of met my little friend group and we all skated like aaron shane all the people that i've mentioned on the podcast before for my high school age time that that was we were all skating together when you we came, talked about vic you know skating yeah <laughs> when you came to illinois though and obviously i know we talked about in previous episodes but was skating like prominent or was it like there was like a, you know, there was like the skating guys? In Illinois, there was very, very, very few people who skated. When I when I started junior high school in 88, I remember looking around and being like, okay, there's legitimately two other people in this high school that skate. Like, and you can tell by like their clothes and like their hair and shit, you know, just, you know, like anything. But I think back then it was even easier to tell. Like now people look like they... Like, they wear the kind of fashion that it could be a lot of different things, you know? They could be into hip-hop just as easily as they could be into skating. Back then, it was very, yeah, it was very clear if you skated. Like, you had a certain way of your hair and, you you know, the brands of clothes you wore. So, yeah, I I found one guy that skated. Um, There was another guy that seemed like he did. He was wearing, like, Vision Streetwear-type shirts and stuff, but he was popular and wouldn't... There's no chance of me and him being friends. So, I I picked the other, like you know guy that had no no friends and we start hanging out and we'd skate together and then i'm not sure if like our little group all skated or if they started skating because of me and him i'm not i can't really remember to be honest but it was a big part of my life back then i went i everywhere i went i was my skateboard was with me i used to bring my skateboard to school skate to or from school a lot had it in my locker you know what i mean like it was yeah, it was definitely part of my identity. And so during the time of this fucking job, I was like, oh, okay, this is my chance. Because when I was growing up, skate parks were pretty fucking rare. It wasn't 
something normal. Now, did you ever fucking skate? Like, was that a thing for you at all? You know, I did get a skateboard. I think it was for Christmas one year. But, dude, I'm not super klutzy, but I'm not graceful. So I, I even just in my head, like, I imagined you skating from Wheeling High School, like, skating down hints towards Dundee Road and like I imagined you know the sidewalk just being a little uneven and just you hit it and then your fucking ass flies over like that would be me and I'd be like well I don't know if I'm gonna do this again I mean that happens you hit a pebble pebbles are the fucking devil when you skate like yeah you don't see it it just stops your wheel dead but you also like as you get better at it you start to learn like where to put your balance so that when you hit shit like that you can kind of roll over it and it's not gonna drop you but i mean there's shit always happens i definitely right. took many many a fucking spill definitely many face plants definitely had scrape scrapes on my forehead and cheeks before from eating shit like definitely got speed wobbles going down a big hill and you know just bit ass you know i've, yeah. I've had i have a very clear memory when i was like maybe 10 or 11 of like eating shit on a big hill doing the face plant scraping the fuck out of my whole like literally my whole face was like r- road rash and running home top speed crying like with blood <laughs> like trickling down my face and it wasn't like bad it was mo- it was all superficial you know what i mean but like freaked out at though. the time i thought i was dying you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah but um, yeah I, t- I i took a lot of a lot of i had a lot of injuries as a kid um skateboarding related yeah i mean i used to riding bikes was like kind of my thing and like our friends thing and yeah once I got to the age, it was like 12, 13, I got myself um, kind of like a BMX bike, like a mongoose with like the pegs yeah. in the front, pegs in the back. Sure, um, sure. And even a couple years before that, I have a really funny memory. So we're going to we're going to harken back to geography, the podcast really fast. Please, please do it. <laughs> so my house where I grew up was on Glendale. When I say Glendale, do you know have any idea where that was at yeah yeah it's behind i know where i know exactly well the same house that i when i met you you lived in right exactly so yeah i know exactly where that is okay so right off of wolf road and if you travel west from my house there's a park over there there used to be like a school kind of thing over there yeah behind the post office yep so back in there there was a huge dirt hill so me and my friends would like jump that shit and by that school, there was like concrete or blacktop hill going up to the school or down, obviously. So one time I was going down the hill and I popped a wheelie and I rode it down the whole way. And I definitely thought I was the coolest motherfucker that ever existed. <laughs> Everyone was like, whoa, dude, you did that. And I was like, yeah, I did that. And, and then I gained 60 pounds because my parents got divorced. <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad. I wasn't able to do wheelies after that. No, no more. You, you, you were just a, a walking wheelie at that point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I actually went through a bike phase too. I, um, I got a nice bike. Uh, I can't remember what brand it was. Maybe GNS, but definitely like got a nice bike, like a very expensive bike, right before I was gonna move to Illinois, uh, and it got stolen. And then I moved, and then I remember getting a bike in in illinois and then it got stolen and i remember i was working at mcdonald's this is relevant to our podcast i was working at mcdonald's so go back to episode two 
And uh, I remember seeing a guy ride my bike past, like the who the guy that stole it. <laughs> he ride my bike past. Did you do anything? Uh, I think I ran out there and chased him. I have a vague memory, but I don't, I really don't remember how that how it ended. I know I wasn't like scared. I didn't just like eat shit, but I, I don't remember if I got it back or not. I just know I saw him riding it while I was working. I was like wearing my stupid McDonald's outfit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I liked bikes too. I mean, I never. For some reason, doing tricks on bikes was scarier to me because there was this big piece of fucking metal that you could land on if you fell wrong. And I'd rather, like, you know, obviously you can hurt yourself skating, but you're not going to fall on, like, this thing that's got a bunch of metal spikes sticking out of it, <laughs> really, you know? Yeah, dude. I I guess it's the balance thing for me, yeah. you know, being, being on a skateboard. But uh, funny, too, because my mongoose, I had it when I was going to Holmes Middle School and I had it. There's a bike rack right in front of the school got yeah. stolen from there too it got stolen and then i don't know how they got it back but they got it back so we used to skate over in front of homes a lot they had those like those little divider things they were kind of like benches they were like about waist high and you know you could sit on them or whatever we used to rail slide those and grind those and shit we used to film videos over there oh that's cool um, you know obviously i went to junior high there as well 10 years before you but uh, yeah, we used to skate there a lot. Um, all those areas. I mean, I'm I'm well aware of where you live because I grew up in that area. Fucking, you know, Joe's Pizza, right, right across the street from where you where you lived. Uh, exactly. Very, very familiar with Joe's Pizza. Not deep dish for all the people out there that think that's the only kind of pizza that Chicago does. It's like the thin crust, like the thin square cut pub style pizza, which exactly. I remember very much liking. Yeah. Anyway, like this skate park, it was the first of the ESPN branded skate parks that X Games opened during this time frame. Uh, so, yeah, they, they opened a bunch of them around the country, but this was the first one. And I, I looked that up because I was like, I wonder if this was the first one because I never heard of it before I worked there. And it definitely was the first one. It was an anchor store in the mall. So, like, you know, picture like a like a Macy's or whatever on the end, you know. And that mall was kind of weird. It was... Um, long and it, it sort of like it was a loop but it was a really really long loop so instead of like a circle it was like a really really long oval kind of even more squared off but it was like you know you basically go walk the whole mall in the circle and there was no upper floor or lower floor there's only one floor it's you know it's pretty long and big but it didn't have multiple floors so x games mm. skate park was on like one end of that it's kind of gnarly that it was in a fucking mall yeah, it was pretty weird, but there was also um, up at, in the uh, Mall of Georgia, which was not, you know, near where we lived, really. It was like maybe 30 or 40 minutes up the freeway. Uh, they had a van skate park up there. So this was something that was kind of becoming a thing in 2000, 2001. The only other skate park I knew of in the area was a standalone, like, kind of local local place, not, not corporate-owned like that. But yeah, the van skate park was huge. It was really cool. If it had been closer, I would definitely have. I think I probably did apply there, and it was just too far away. And even if I had gotten a job, I never would have been able to get there. But uh, yeah, the X Games one was like, you know, maybe a five minute, five minute drive ish. You know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, as far as like skate parks go, it was pretty big. Now. Looking at skate parks now, I mean, they're fucking everywhere now, especially where you know, I'm in California. I see them a lot just out in the world, um, open air, like kind of like parks, you know, and usually they're attached to parks now. But 
all outdoor. Yeah, obviously. Gen- right? Yeah, they're all outdoor yeah. here. Um, I mean, there. I'm sure there are some like indoor ones, but generally the ones that you see are going to be outdoor and they're open to everybody and they don't cost anything. You just go there like a, like a regular park and skate. And these ones, the mall ones, are all like you have to pay to get in, kind of a situation. And even the like local one was like that too, though. So that's not that rare. But yeah, this this was mm-hmm. like in a mall. You could get in from outside, but you could, there's also a mall door, a mall entrance. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember what the position was called, but it's it was kind of like a lifeguard, like at a pool, you know? Like, you know, you basically stand in the middle of the fucking place. You'd have a position that you were supposed to be in. So the way that the skate park worked was that they'd have sessions. So basically there'd be like a two-hour session, and everybody would pay and come in and they'd skate and the, the the park was like behind a fenced off area like the actual skating area was fenced off and the kids would come in and skate or rollerblade and then there was like bmx sessions as well that were separate but they would do it for like two hours and then they you know blow a horn and everybody would have to like leave and then the next session would start so you'd have to pay for the next session it wasn't like all day you paid you'd have to pay for each session and so during the sessions, you'd have like a couple of different, you know, park attendants or whatever we were called kind of positioned throughout the park because it was big enough that like you couldn't see the whole thing from one spot. So usually there'd be like one guy standing on top of the half pipe. There'd be another guy in like the back corner, like watching the there was like this kind of like recessed half pipe in the back corner, like in the under kind of in the ground. It wasn't like a like above yeah. ground thing. And then. There was like a one of those tall roll-ins for a foam pit, you know, like, you know, it was like really, really high oh, roll-in cool, and yeah. then you go down. So like you could stand up at the top of that roll-in and usually whoever was standing up there could like kind of walk around and they'd be able to ch- check like the kind of street skating area over to the left um, as well as kind of watching the, the whole park from up there. But yeah, you'd be basically assigned to one of those positions and for two hours you just stand up there and like watch people skate and if somebody ate shit you'd like check on them and if somebody ate shit bad enough that like it was going to be an issue you you know we had walkie talkies and stuff and so yeah it was like uh when it was slow it was maybe the easiest job i ever had you just stand there and watch people yeah. skate you know yeah and it was it was pretty cool like honestly not terrible it, as far as like standing around and doing nothing there's worse things you could be standing around and doing nothing while watching I have to imagine that there's probably loud music blasting the whole yeah. time. Yeah, loud skate skate punk kind of shit usually. Um, <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, yeah, the soundtrack. Score, yeah, exactly soundtrack. that kind of, that yeah. kind of stuff for sure. Uh, and like I said, the skateboarders and the inline skaters shared sessions, and then the bikers, like the the people who rode bikes, had their own sessions. And usually, the bikers, it was like maybe once a day and i remember it being a night thing like at night between like seven and nine it was bikers and those guys were fucking doing crazy shit and they'd all they were all about the foam pit it would just be like one after another in the foam pit doing like you know backflips and shit yeah my first weekend working there was a demo there with uh jason ellis bucky lasik and a bunch of other unknown like lesser known people, people that I either barely knew who they were. I didn't know who they were, but do you know who Jason Ellis or Bucky Lasik are? Have you heard those names? What's Bucky Lasik known for? Isn't there a trick that he's like, is this fucking jam? 
I don't remember. He's a good skater, but I don't remember if there was like a, he had like a, I mean, I'm sure he did, but he wasn't a skater that I was like huge into. So if he had like a signature trick, I didn't know what it was. I just knew he was really good. And he was one of those guys that was very well known and would place high in contests and shit. Um, Yeah. He's who I'm familiar with though, either way. Jason Ellis is interesting more because like later, like after his skating career, he's an Australian guy, but after his skating career, he like got into MMA and was like fighting for a minute and he's also known for like at this point he know he's known for like he hosted a serious radio show for a while like on Sirius FM and then he does a podcast now but he's a uh, very like macho like he's got a shaved head and it's all tattooed it's, you know he's got tattoos of his faces and shit but his faces his face just his <laughs> one face but uh he came out as openly bisexual like i don't know 4 years ago and it was like a pretty crazy thing because he's so macho. He's like a fighter and a skater and like very aggro. And he's like him and his wife are in like an open relationship. He talks very openly about like their you know sex life and stuff. And he came out as bi. It was like a pretty big deal um, for people okay. for people who knew him. But yeah, interesting, interesting dude. Um, he was very very good, but he wasn't like top. He wasn't like number one. You know, he was he was one of those guys that was just like well-known and he had he was like an aggro attitude and he skated vert so you know if you were into like vert skating you definitely knew who he was um bucky same thing bucky was like a vert skater neither neither of these guys were street skaters the people who did that demo who skated street weren't people i was familiar with uh Mm. but yeah it was cool it was like kind of like the tower in stores you know like you're kind of like behind the scenes and you're allowed to like walk around and you shake hands with people that everybody else is like waiting an hour in line to see. And, and we watched them skate. It was, it was pretty neat. Um, but also like kind of hectic and busy and not like fun to be working to do that. So they would just come in and, and skate with everyone else or they'd like do demos. Everyone would be like hanging out watching. They do demos and everybody would watch. So like they, they all skate okay. the, the, either the ramps or the street area and everybody would like stand around and watch them. Like you'd kind of, everyone would like create a space for them to skate in and then they'd skate and just try things, do things. And it was definitely, sounds yeah, cool, it was though. trippy. I mean, it was interesting to see people who, who were actually good because you know, you're watching people like really not be good. And every once in a while at the skate park, like you'd get a group of guys who were actually, you could tell they were probably sponsored, like not, not pro yet, but like past the point of like amateur level, like, okay. Like they were doing like more technical tricks and doing things that other people were definitely scared to even try. They were like, you know, on the, the bigger, the bigger ramps or the like bigger rails, you know, um, it sure. tripped me out, you know, cause like I, in my youth, like we skated and we would like we were starting to get into the point where we were trying handrails and shit. And then around then is when I stopped skating, but it wasn't really like people didn't really do that back when I skated. And then right after I quit, it became a thing. Like people were fucking, you know, rail sliding six stair handrails and shit like that. Like regular (laughs) people. And then, you know, now it's fucking insane where like nine year old kids are doing like really technical tricks down like 25 set stair rails, like just things that are absolutely insane that are 100 percent could kill you. <laughs> like uh, it's fucking wild to me how how good everybody's gotten, uh, how quickly they've accelerated. The only thing I can imagine, it's it's really like the Internet, because when I'm when I'm skating, all we had were skate videos. So. You'd watch pros in the skate videos, but the pros were like, they were really good at the time. Like we we're like, holy shit! 
but now comparatively, if you watch skate videos from like the early nineties now, like there's Instagram skaters that are like way fucking better than those guys were then, you know, it's, it's nuts. Like how much better people are now. I guess it's like anything else. When you think about metal guitar players now versus fucking metal guitar players in like the early nineties, it's kind of obnoxious. How many nobodies are fucking shredding and just so good at their instrument. And when I was, 15 the only people who were shredding like that were professionals fucking joe satriani and shit like that you know like now if you like start playing guitar now you you, it's you have to fucking step up you know so i'm sure it's the same way with skating but back then i watched you're gonna like be anything special right back then i watched a lot of people suck and that in that skate park (laughs) it was still fun though did you ever see any serious injuries yeah, we're going to talk about that here. So, <laughs> okay. I you know, I liked watching kids skate, like, especially if they were trying to learn. It was annoying watching, like, little kids kind of roll around and get in the way and, like, be annoying. Like, they were skating in areas they shouldn't be skating in. And, like, you know, people who were actually skating well were having to, like, duck or jump over them and shit, you know? Like, just that kind of stuff was annoying. But when kids, like, you know, like, regular kind of... I don't know, nine or 10 year olds were like trying to learn how to drop in for the first time, for instance, on a, on like a ramp. It was, it was fun to like watch them like overcome their fear and, and finally try it. And yeah, it was, I enjoyed that. I think I only skated there maybe, maybe two or three times. If that, like not a lot of times I felt sort of uncomfortable, you know, like I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm not working and I'm going to skate, but everybody who works there is like watching you to see like if you suck or not that kind of I, I didn't like that aspect and I remember a guy I got hired with around <laughs> the same time he was like a a ramp guy a vert skater but he wasn't good and I remember watching him like skate the half pipe and it was like a real you know fucking I don't know 15 foot with vert half pipe it was like a, a legit half pipe and he was able to skate it but he wasn't like able to do airs or anything you know and I remember hearing people like oh man he, he can't even fucking do air and I'm like all right, man, come on, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> yeah. But it made me feel uncomfortable, well, you know, like if I don't get out there and start fucking grinding handrails, like, you know, they're going to be talking shit about me. So I was like, I don't really feel like dealing with that. Um, proving that I'm kind of a fucking a bitch when it comes to people around me. I don't, I don't, I don't want to look like I suck in front of strangers, I guess. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the injuries. Um, you know, I saw a couple of people eat shit. And a couple times it was bad enough where there was, like, blood involved or whatever. But this one specific day, a kid was skating on the vert ramp, and I was in that area. And he was, like, real young. He was probably, like, 10. It was, like, young enough that it was, like, impressive that he was even skating it. And he wasn't, like, doing anything spectacular. He, he dropped in. He would go back and forth. He'd maybe, he'd maybe hit the top, do a rock and roll or something. But he ate shit. And fucking was on the in the flat bottom screaming and like holding his leg and i jumped down and slid down there and i as i got close i saw his fucking bone sticking out of his leg he broke his leg and it was a compound fracture where the bone was sticking out of the skin like legit the bone was i was looking at bone right which is not something that i was used to um and like i i basically as soon as i saw bone I walkie talkied like we need an ambulance, right? Just right away. I'm like, we need an ambulance. Uh, He definitely broke his leg, called for an ambulance. 
fucking held the kid's hand and like try to keep him calm while we waited for and his, his fucking parents came over like a couple of minutes later like they were off to the side you know like in the you know viewing area or whatever but um ambulance came took him away got i got taken to the side by one of the fucking managers there and he basically chewed me out because the policy was to wait for the injured person or the guardian of the injured person to ask for an ambulance because if if we called the ambulance without them asking for it it would be billed to the park but if we waited for them to ask for it it would be billed to them and because i had called for it on my own the skate park was going to have to pay for the ambulance right and that's he basically fucking gave me a hard time about it like oh you fucked up and i was like man fuck you like you know like i i kind of held it together i didn't like now i probably tell him to go fuck himself and walk out but at the time i was like all right understood kind of a thing you know like that sort of vibe but i was like i every time i worked a couple of more shifts after that and every time i was in there i was like fuck this place i remember just thinking like just glaring at the fucking managers like i can't believe you're gonna give me a hard time about that like that kid's fucking bone was sticking out of his shin you know like that shit was broke in half <laughs> I, I thought he was gonna like commend you on being on top no of him. yeah totally you fucking should have right <laughs> that is super fucked up dude isn't that fucking wild and i, I don't i'm i yeah. can't imagine that they could i mean maybe but i can't imagine now that that'd be something i i don't feel like in the days of twitter where i would you know i could blow that shit up and make them look terrible and obviously, like if we if we had fans here and ESPN Skate Park X, X Game Skate Park was a thing anymore, maybe that would still. But it was wild to me, and I, I just was like, I legit like maybe two or three days later, I just kept getting more and more annoyed by it. And then one day, I just walked out mid shift. I was like, I'm fucking done. I I don't want to be in this place. I don't want to work with these fucking this for this company anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was wow. That's cool. That's like the uh, definitely. I think the first time where it's like you walked out on principle, you quit on principle, <laughs> kinda. So this is kind of this is kind of new. It's ground sort of, I, you know, a little bit. I feel like my UPS walkout was on principle too, but it was not on like because somebody else was being mistreated. It was more like I don't feel safe here. I almost got my head crushed by a box of nails because you don't have good policies in place to keep that from happening. And so I'm going to leave. <laughs> I actually uh, almost sent you a picture the other day. <laughs> Nothing fell on me, but there was definitely a half open box with like a bunch of screws in it and there were like screws on the ground. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, that shit sucked. But yeah, no, I, I, I think you might be right in terms of like quitting a job because i didn't like how they were treating the customers yeah dude and i feel like in a management position like from that side you can just kind of like take the bill and like slide it towards the customer's parents like who's you know if if my kid's leg got broke i wouldn't automatically assume sweet the park's gonna take <laughs> care of it you know yeah because i do you remember did they have uh people sign waivers or anything like that yeah they definitely had like people sign waivers but i think at a certain point that shit's like formal it's a formality it's it's like whatever i i don't know what the liability stuff was like i obviously don't know enough about insurance and shit to understand like why it would be set up the way where if the customer didn't ask us to call we would have to pay and it was like yeah Pro it was probably specific to the ambulance side of things like i don't know if like if you get heart hurt in the skate park 
maybe the skate park is not liable for paying for your treatment. But there's some weird, like, gray area when it comes to the ambulance part that I think was the issue. And for whatever reason, they had this policy that I did not follow. And I don't remember actively thinking, like, I'm, fuck the policy. I'm not going to wait. Like, I don't remember even thinking anything other than than that kid needs a fucking ambulance, right? Like, Yeah, come on, dude. If I'm that kid, I want the ambulance on its way here already. I don't want to wait for somebody to ask for it. So, yeah, being a... Being proactive there and, and you know, obviously they didn't say like, oh, you're going to have to pay for it or anything like that. Had they said that, I would have laughed and walked out right then. But even the fact that they were giving me a hard time about it, I was like, I don't want to work for this fucking place. Like, fuck you. It did take me a couple of days, though. I didn't walk out like right then. I, I gave it a shot and I just couldn't get over how irritated I was by getting yelled at for calling that ambulance so i kept wearing that fucking x games work shirt for like years after that it was it's kind of like you know your brown like ups style shirt but it was black with a you know x games patch over the tit over one of the tits and yeah there's a picture of me like hanging out with my mom where i'm wearing that shirt and it has to be like four or five years later (laughs) i had that shirt for a while i don't know what happened to it i don't have it anymore but i definitely (laughs) rock that fucking shirt as like one of the shirts in my wardrobe for years after that's cool yeah um i think that's all i've got job wise although i did put down here and i think i I think we actually talked about it in a previous episode i got the first owen cd from tower records like four days after i quit this job i know we had mentioned just getting the first owen cd at a tower records um and i had said i got it in georgia but i legit got it like four days after i quit this job based on you know i'm gonna call that a fun journal fact absolutely (laughs) and this isn't uh owen the podcast but what did you think slash feel when you first heard that album I loved it. I thought it was weird. I didn't, you know, we, we talked about it before. I, I knew that he was doing some weird acoustic thing, but I hadn't heard it. I, you know, obviously I knew him from American football and before that cap and jazz. And yeah, I, I knew it was going to be interesting. I just didn't know. Like I'd heard it was folky and acoustic. And I was like, okay, this could go one of two ways. And at the time I hated shit like red house painters. Now I, I've grown mm. to appreciate that stuff, but at that time I really didn't like that like mellow, pensive stuff as much. But yeah, I remember listening to it that first time, and I don't maybe like by, by like song three, and it's one of those weird albums where like the songs sort of blend together. But yeah, like by track three, I was like, I really dig this. Something about this really is is hitting the spot for me. But yeah, I liked it. I, I was appreciated it, and have been a fan ever since. I um recently put a bunch of stuff on my phone. Uh, via iTunes and you know I put I don't think I put No Good for No One Now which is Owen's second album but I have the first one on there I have I Do Perceive on there and I listened to the first album and I'm down for most of that album but the last three songs for me like that's like the tears just start coming a little really? just a little that's bit funny. Yeah. you know they have there's I think it's Dead Men Don't Lie where it's just instrumental. Like he does the melody from one of the last tracks, but then when, oh, it's just one of those fucking songs, dude. Like everything comes together and I I guess it, he used synth or something in it and it just ends with this melody line and, it, oh, dude, it's unreal. I think he doesn't like that album very much. I think that 
I can't remember if I, I read him saying that somewhere or talking about it, but it's one of those where I think the vocals aren't like you can tell how much different the vocals got after that. I think he was still figuring out what his vocal vibe was and yes. he didn't like what he chose to do on that album is not where he settled. And so I think like when he listens back to it, he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what is what are these vocals? Um, I like them. They're different. You know, they're, they're, I like his, his other shit, too. But I why did you leave uh, No Good for No One off? Why did you leave the second album off your off your list? That is your favorite album, right? It's up there. I don't know if it's my favorite. I think of his, how about this? A favorite of his older? Songs. No, because I mean, like first. Well, I I don't know how old you get, but I I I think the um the one that came out when we were working at Best Buy, uh, where oh, what's that one called? At, at home. home. At yeah, home. that I think that maybe is my favorite of his. Uh, the second album is probably third favorite, and I think the newest one is my is my second favorite so i think i'd go at home with and then the avalanche and then no good for no one would be my third um and then after that it gets muddy it could go a bunch of different ways i like them all i like them all i i think they all have a a thing about them but yeah that second album was the one that got me early on like i liked the first one a lot the second one i was like okay this is something else and I, for whatever reason, it just hits the spot for me. I do perceive actually as one that I don't listen to as much. Like I, I think you like that one more than I do. Yeah, I think you and I flip on and those two albums. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about Owen more in a future episode. Oh, yeah. But my first, I want to say, ninety-seven percent sure, my first exposure to Owen was the song "That Mouth." Really? That it was that late, and huh? Y- you were playing <laughs> where where we worked, and I came back there, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> like it was just, and and the EP, yeah, the EP is like top, yeah, three for that EP is for yeah, sure. that EP is great, like unstoppable. And I I really don't have a reason why I didn't put no good for no one on there. It's just, it's not it's not one of my like go to go tos. Yeah. Oh, in the podcast. I know we could do it. At some point, we'll do it. We'll do an episode just all about it. We'll I'll throw in fucking music clips and shit because fuck it, why not? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why are you putting music on your phone as opposed to like streaming it? Is it data? Is there like in? It's nothing to do with that. It's just I put a bunch of different shit on my iTunes and then I just shuffle the iTunes. Oh yeah. You can't really you know, shuffle like that. I'm, I mean, you could do a playlist on Spotify or something, although, you know, we could get into the, 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 the bullshit <laughs> about supporting Spotify or not supporting Spotify or whatever. But that aside, yeah, you could make but, a playlist and shuffle that, right? Yes, for sure. But it's just, um, like, I think I told you recently, like I put C clamp on there. I put caster on mm-hmm. there. I put, and Berlin, <laughs> I put two of those albums on I there. I listened to them kind of recently. And yeah, um, that's a band that I got into, not super heavily, but heavily when we lived together yeah. at the Treehouse. Is, is that album called Cities? Yes. That album, and then, I loved, and trying to listen to it again, it, I can't not hear him singing about God the whole time. Like, it's so obvious okay. now, and I didn't hear it originally in the same way like it's almost a deal breaker at this point i still like that album but 
I have to like ignore the lyrics because if I listen to the lyrics, I start to feel like really like skeeved out about it. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, it, that it's like one of those things where like I really wish he wasn't singing about the glory of the Lord in this album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. I um I, I haven't noticed that yet, and I hope hopefully it I didn't just fucking ruin that it'll... album for you. <laughs> you blew it. I apologize if that's the case. You want to know what's fucking funny? Uh, you know, we talk about Sarging on this podcast a, a fair amount. We've brought it up, and and of course, we've called out the fact that it's based on the that uh, seduction community, like pickup artist shit. But I was reading that book, the game, when I was listening to the, uh, I think it was the first Anne Berlin album. It's one with Ready Fuels on it. Okay. And so whenever I hear that album now, I think about pickup artists and picking up chicks and all that stuff I, immediately. And I, it's funny because, like, knowing what I know about that, at least the singer, what what he, you know, about his faith and, like, their kind of message and shit, <laughs> it's so contrary to what that band is trying to put out in the world. <laughs> it's, like, really, really funny to me. You think about juggler and style sarging in an art museum. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I hear Amberlynn and I think of the mystery method. <laughs> A little dual induction massage technique going on yeah oh my I, you God, know so we good. talk about that like like we're making fun of it but why do we know all the terms like <laughs> we're, we're laughing at I it mean, but like we absorbed all that bullshit for sure a hundred percent and a hundred percent it's it's funny to laugh about but i've read that book like two or three times just because it's so fucking well written and it's a good story it's entertaining you know? yeah for sure i mean neil strauss can write He's, he can write so whether or not he's, he's whether amazing, or not you yeah. know picking up chicks is ethical or not and all that stuff it's besides the point like it's an entertaining story and it's well written and you know we're both somewhat macho men who like female anatomy and so it, there's a part of us that it, sp- it speaks to even if we don't necessarily want to admit it although i think we're both pretty comfortable just admitting it and what's funnier on the flip side is it speaks to the parts of us that are you know the chubby insecure yeah maybe bully bullied kids so it's like for everyone who's like oh you're misogynistic fuck and fuck the patriarchy it's like i just want to be loved like don't (laughs) aren't i funny aren't aren't i interesting yeah (laughs) totally totally um well fuck we went all over the map on this one dude but uh yeah i i I think it's time to pp scale this fucker (laughs) pp scale pp meter i can't it's been so long since we record an episode What, what do we call that shit we pretty much go back and forth, but I feel like scale. Scale, okay. Well, yeah. I it, this is. I'm gonna call it a six. And the reason being is like it, it's it was like a, a seven or an eight until that shit happened. So it's like not a three. I can't call it a three, but it's like a seven or an eight when you add a fucking exposed shin bone becomes a six <laughs> you know like it's yeah i'm calling it a six well is it safe to say that you would have stayed working there if if that didn't happen and you didn't have a sour taste in your mouth i think so but i think if i saw more injuries like that here's the thing right i have a very strong stomach i'm not i don't care about gore I've seen some fucking horrific shit. I've ch- I've chosen to look at horrific shit just because I wanted to see how it would make me feel, which kind of makes me sound like a psycho. But 
I, you know, it's one of those things like when the internet became a thing and you start like looking at videos that are like not, you're not supposed to look at. And, you know, the, the, there was that run, you know, during the Iraq war with beheading videos were a thing on the internet and shit. And, you Suck. know, you, I would say you, but I'm not going to say you, I was like, okay, I don't really want to see that, but I also kind of want to know how it'll affect me. I'm curious, right? Like, I'm curious if I'm going to be disturbed by it, if I'm going to feel nothing, like what I'm going to feel about it. And so... I've seen a lot of shit because I was curious to gauge my reaction. And ultimately, if I had to see like little kids getting hurt like that on a regular basis, I think it would have worn me down and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go back. So even without the ambulance stuff, I think that had I seen a couple more injuries to that that extreme, I probably would have been like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just it's too like traumatizing, you know, like I. It's worse with kids. I don't I kind of don't care about adults. Like fuck adults. But like seeing a kid get really fucking hurt like that. You know, I've I've had mo- we talked about uh years ago during the Ridge episode, I talked about watching kids like face plant cuz the floor was slippery and shit and like w- <laughs> watching like a little annoying kid who's being like bratty and like running around screaming and being annoying, watching a kid like that eat shit as long as they're not like horribly maimed by it is kind of satisfying, but Watching a kid who didn't really do anything wrong, like have a fucking shin bone sticking out, like I don't, that's that's not cool. So, to answer your question, I think I would have lasted longer, but I think eventually, if those kinds of injuries were like semi-normal, it would have taken its toll, and I would have I would have had to quit. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, not to extend this too far, but <laughs> where where is your personal life at? I mean, the same as I would have been doing at the last two or three of these jobs i mean thinking back we worked together at kids or kids the daycare center when 9-11 happened she was working there this is my fifth job fourth job after quitting that place yeah in a run so you know what's funny your question is apropos but it's not apropos for this during this specific episode because i know looking at the job list in the next episode or maybe the one after that like a significant life change is going to be is going to happen So I would say that, like, Tammy is annoyed with me for quitting these fucking jobs left and right. I don't think she gave me a hard time about this one. I think this one she understood. Obviously, she's a a mother and compassionate and a good person. So hearing about that kid breaking his leg and then hearing about me getting, like, bitched at for calling the ambulance, she, she had the same, like, fuck that place feeling that I did. But... She, you know, she's annoyed with me for quitting fucking jobs after one shift or two weeks or a month or whatever when we're like, you know, pretty broke. We haven't talked about that a whole lot. You've kind of made this similar comment where it's like she's like starting to get a little bit of an yeah know, annoyed with. Well, that. I'll give you a little a little uh, a little Easter egg for for future times. But like she will reach her limit here in another two or three of these bad boys. And uh, so I will. I will satisfy your itch for hearing like the the repercussions of my actions. Uh, there definitely will be some repercussions for my actions. I'm not going to say I learned my lesson because I don't think I did, but I definitely uh, took a hit. <laughs> I'll say that. So, yeah, I would say either the next episode or the episode after I will spend a bit of time talking about that because it's going to be relevant to like what happens in my life situation. But during this job, nothing changed between the last one and the next one. It was just, you know, me and her kind of occasionally getting annoyed with each other and her mostly at me because I wasn't keeping these jobs and I wasn't like 
putting as much money into our bank account as she was, certainly. So Okay, got it. And it, it's never an issue of her being like, oh, like, you're not, like, she wants me to make money so she can spend it. It's like, hold your own weight, motherfucker. And I definitely was not, so. That's fair. Yeah. She she was much more patient than most people would be. All I can say is I'm I'm somewhat charming, you know, pretty pretty good at cunnilingus. You know, these kinds of <laughs> these kinds of things go a long way, sir. I hear you. <laughs> uh, where are we going next? I love the idea that like it's been long enough now that you're like, wait, am I supposed to know that? <laughs> like, well, how does how does this end part of the episode go again? <laughs> you, you took my line, bud. <laughs> well, fucking ask me then. Where are we going next, Pally? We're going to buy some fucking dungarees and uh, maybe get like uh, like a nice pair of slacks. We're going to Old Navy. <laughs> We're going to do Old Navy. I'm going to I'm going to go to Old Navy and sell some shit. I'm gonna, how you feel about Old Navy? I fuck with Old Navy. Yeah. My wife loves Old Navy. And actually, I got a couple pairs of jeans and I like them a lot. Yeah. And they weren't very expensive. I have a closet full of clothes much much too small for me that i bought at old navy uh on the very very cheap that i'm not going to get rid of because i still hold on hope that one day i'll have a size 30 or 32 waist again so i also fuck with old navy and in the next episode i'll tickle old navy's belly button from the inside (laughs) 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 oh yeah so that'll be fun i'll be there with you please do all right man i'll talk to you then take it easy (laughs) 